Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 42 of our 24-minute recap. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. And, of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So, for tonight's episode, we're going to keep it short. The Lakers against the Timberwolves first came without Anthony Davis for an extended period of time with the Achilles injury. And then the Celtics against the Nuggets. Guys, you saw, unfortunately, my stream cut out last night. The Wi-Fi wasn't good. There's some problems in our area with our provider. Sorry, I'm really sorry about that. As a result, I didn't get to watch the Warriors or the Nets games. But from what I heard, Kyrie and Harden played well and everybody made threes. And the Warriors beat a Cavs team with Stephen Curry playing great as usual. Uh, I did actually get to catch the Wizards game for a second. And they actually just gave a whole... A different type of energy. Like, it was the first one of the first times this season that not only they'd won two games in a row, but they looked like a team. They looked like they were communicating. They looked like they were really trying. You know, Westbrook was being aggressive to start the game, and then he got a little cold, but he made other plays. You know, he made some really great passes, dime dropper style. Like, the dime dropper stamp of approval of really nice left-handed passes. Bertans, he's a real big X factor. We've talked about how poor he's been shooting the ball, but when he's going to hit those shots in transition from, like, deep that he's getting paid the big bucks for... Then things changed for the Wiz. I also thought Raul Neto was pretty good defensively, making smart plays. And Beal, unstoppable. So two wins in a row for the Wizards. Maybe starting to trend towards a play-in spot, maybe? But let's move on to tonight's games. The Lakers and the Timberwolves just ended in Minneapolis. The Lakers without Anthony Davis. I thought LeBron James started really well scoring the basketball. Although the Lakers were way too sloppy. Way too sloppy in the first quarter. LeBron, especially, too many turnovers. I thought, uh, yeah, it was mainly LeBron. Too many turnovers. Really poor defense by him as well in the first half. You know, he just wasn't respecting Josh Okogie's jumper at all, and he made a couple of threes. I know that's probably playing the percentages, but Josh Okogie, two of two from three. Both of them were just LeBron sagging off. A couple offensive rebounds were got against him. Vanderbilt had seven offensive rebounds. He was matched up with LeBron for the majority of the night. I thought Montrader in the first half, his defense was poor. Very poor. Um, and, But, you know, at least you got guys like Caruso, Dennis, Kuz. You know what you're going to get from them defensively. I didn't think THT was very good in the first half either. He has moments where he has a lot of tunnel vision and, you know, just only focuses on getting to the paint. He's not a great outside shooter and it's like doesn't know what to do after that. And then there was a lineup where LeBron came out this was like in the middle of the second quarter, and the Wolves really started taking advantage of it. Montrader in pick and roll. Lakers weren't scoring in transition. The Wolves were making some incredible athletic plays. Vanderbilt, uh, Anthony Edwards. They were playing hard. You know, you got to give it to Minnesota. They were playing hard. Uh, Nas Reed. And then they were scoring in transition, whether it was McLaughlin, my favorite college player of all time, USC Trojan, Jordan McLaughlin, who was hitting threes. He had a really solid game. And the, the Wolves went up by, I think it was eight points. But right before LeBron checked back in to end the second quarter, Dennis Schroeder was getting into his mid-range area and picking rolls, getting to the basket, 
Then you had Marquise Morris starting to hit shots, and then LeBron came back in towards the end of the second quarter and hit some big shots. You know, hit some uh, big shots. You know, get into the basket. LeBron had some Magic Johnson-like uh, shots tonight, a little running hook. You know, and Stu was making a good point, man. If LeBron had put that in his arsenal earlier in his career, that's a great go-to move that a lot of players in the past had, especially the Magic man. And you like seeing that from LeBron because he's really he made some really nice tough shots in that little in between area, not like mid range in between, but but like in the middle of the key, like three to to ten feet area in the paint, floaters, tough in traffic, and you know some crazy kickouts as well, just some classic LeBron, just one step ahead of the defense kind of plays. And uh, I thought that they ended the half well. Kuzma was a big part of that. Dennis Schroeder was a big part of that. And a one point game going into the half, and then in the third quarter, the Lakers. You know, the defense wasn't bad in the first half. I thought the Wolves were just making some big plays. Nas Reed was making some ridiculous shots, quite frankly, in the first half. Carl Anthony Towns, man, just doesn't really have a dog in him. But he's also had a really tough season, so you should cut him some slack. But he has so much potential in the world, and he's a modern big man. Not, not a dog. Doesn't take the right positions on the court. Not aggressive enough. Doesn't command games at all. And the Lakers in the third quarter, I thought that they took care of the ball a lot better. I thought that Dennis Schroeder was really good. You know, you know what you're gonna get from him on defense these days. But coming off, coming off screens, hitting mid ranges, then getting to the basket. Billy Mack said that he hadn't been to the line in two games. He got to the line a lot more tonight. And I also thought that Marquise Morris, best game in weeks, was hitting his open threes. The Lakers as a whole were just making their open threes. Even Marcus Saul had a couple as well, I believe. Yeah, three of four from three for Marcus Saul. Uh, Marquise Morris, 3 of 5. The Lakers shooting 11 of 26 from 3 really helped. 42%. They took the right amount of threes. <coughs> KCP still struggling, though. KCP still struggling. It was a close game going into the fourth. But I thought that LeBron, along with Montrader, who was doing his Montrader thing offensively, finishing around the basket. And also, you know what I said about Montrader in the beginning? He used to, uh, he can get blocks on guards and protect the rim well against guards. It's forwards and bigger guys he struggles with because he still has good explosiveness. You saw he got a couple blocks. I think it was on J-Mac in that game. I think Montrader finished with, yeah, he had a block. It was that one on J-Mac, but he had some nice plays at the rim. He finished with 17 points on 5-7 from the field and 7-7 seven seven from 3. But I really thought LeBron in the fourth quarter really imposed his will on the game, and especially to start the fourth, some tough finishes. And then, you know, LeBron may be the best player in NBA history. I don't know about Shaq, though. Maybe Shaq at scoring when he's getting wrapped up. You know, the dude's just so strong. He still somehow manages to get the shot up. And Montrader had a nice end one after that. And then after Marquise Morris made a corner three, Lakers put it up to nine. But it wasn't without a fight. Anthony Edwards was making some threes. He had a, the best game of any Wolf, I thought, tonight. 10 of 20. 5 of 10 from 3. We've watched him play a couple times this season. The Timberwolves used to be a dime dropper team. So now with D'Angelo Russell out, they've officially been eliminated from the list. So you can cut them out. We're not focusing on them anymore. We haven't been focusing on them for weeks, quite frankly. But, yeah, LeBron, he did his thing. And then he was making some plays, getting some good shots for guys. Um, but I thought Dennis Schroeder really took the Lakers over the top in the fourth as well. I thought Kuzma, you know, he... He only shot six times, but his impact can't be understated on defense. He had a block. He's just making the right plays, making the right decisions. And you know what's funny is Kuzma's been criticized for his IQ in the past, but he's probably a top five smartest player on this Laker team. I mean, LeBron, AD, Gasol, Caruso, Kuz. I'd say that's the five right there. I, I think I take right now Kuz's IQ over Dennis. Sometimes Dennis can get a little carried away and be a little bit <clears throat> too much... 
you know, no pass possessions, high pick and roll with not a one pass in the possession. So overall, though, I thought LeBron did the business. I thought the Lakers tightened it up on D, and that the Wolves showed that. You know, they had chances in that fourth quarter. There was a play that, for me, really killed the game off. It was Vanderbilt going to the basket and missed a clear-cut layup. I think it could have cut the game down to three, and then the Lakers took advantage of it on the other end. So, ultimately, the Lakers with a great performance. Ah, not great performance. A good performance. LeBron with a great performance. 30 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, boosting that MVP campaign once again. 13 of 20 from the field. His three-point shot has completely declined from the beginning of the season, but I like that he was being aggressive. If you're looking at it from a Laker fan perspective, he was taking it to the basket. Schroeder, 24 points, 9 of 15. I thought he was awesome, other than five turnovers. But a good win for the Lakers. They move on to 22 and 7. They win 112 to 104 in Minnesota. And now we move on to the Celtics. Man, hold on one second. Let me get some freaking water, man. My throat is dry. Let's talk about the Celtics. So the Celtics are on a losing streak, right? Coming off a game where we were really critical of them. And the Nuggets were missing Monte Morris. They were missing um, Paul Millsap. They were also missing Gary Harris and Will Barton. So three starters down and their best reserve, arguably. So Michael Porter Jr., Jermichael Green, and Facundo Campaso. Checked in in the starting lineup. But the Celtics, one thing I will say, there was more energy. More energy from the Celtics today. Like, they actually look like a real basketball team that, like, actually wants to win. And they were, you know, talking more on defense, a little more locked in. But Nikola Jokic, an MVP candidate. But I think that their record's just not going to be good enough for him to be in the conversation for real. But he was cooking to start the game on Tristan Thompson. And a lot of it was actually pretty decent defense by Tristan. But, you know, he's a skilled big man. Jump hooks, you know, jumpers. But here's the thing. The referees were starting to get way too ticky-tack with Joker. Just like freaking uh, in the playoffs. You know, they called a foul on Peyton Pritchard at the three-point line when Joker was posting up on him and there was, like, no contact. I couldn't believe that. They also, Jokic got blocked by Javante Green, who I thought made some really a really nice little impact for the Celtics today on defense. You know, he had a steal and got out and ran on a, on a dunk, open dunk, and you know he's a high flyer. He even made an open three, but, yeah, I thought that he was solid, but Jokic was getting every call. I thought they were protecting him a lot. But Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown did a good, better job in that first half of making shots and, you know, just making their shots. You can say they're tough shots for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I thought Tatum took some ill-advised shots, made it a little too tough for himself. But overall, the thing is, those are stars, and stars make tough shots. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have both shown they can make contested jumpers, mid-range or threes. Jalen Brown was much better tonight. looked like his, his, old, his normal self, but Jokic was just keeping him in the game. You know what I'm saying? Jokic was keeping him in the game. I thought that the Time Lord, in the second half especially, was actually the best person guarding Jokic. He contested some of his shots well, and there were some plays on drop coverage on, on the pick and roll where he would show and then recover nicely to Joker and made life tougher for him. Jokic was starting to wear down as the game went on. He was just doing a little too much, and the Nuggets just didn't really have too much other than that. Semi Ojale playing good defense. He was a little still broke from three, two of seven from three. And the, the Nuggets were just sticking around. But I thought that the Celtics did a good job of ending the third quarter and starting the fourth quarter 
with DeFore got a little too stagnant. Jalen Brown mostly, you know, being aggressive, taking it to the basket, making his shots. And that's what it was all about, really, for me tonight for the Celtics. Just making making shots, adjusting. I thought Aaron Naismith came off the bench and gave some nice energy. He had nine points, four rebounds as well, some good defense, two of four from the field. All his shots were three, so two of four from three. thought Kemba was better, 17 points on five of 13. But Jalen Brown ultimately was the one that was the player of the game for me today. 27 points on 11 of 20, 5 of 10 from 3, so he was really hitting from 3. The Celtics shot too many 3s from you, though. 15 of 42, that's only 36%, just not good enough in my opinion. Can get better shots than that. I think that's part of the reason why, you know, the Celtics were, or the Nuggets were staying in there, even despite all the injuries. But ultimately, a double-digit win, 13 points, you're going to take that if you're the Celtics. That's a, a win against a decent team. They still had Jamal Murray and Jokic, so you'll take that. All, the, all three of the big three finishing with 15-plus points or 17-plus points. And Tatum finished with 21, even though he didn't shoot well, 6 of 18. He still had 8 assists and 6 boards. He was 1 of 8 from 3, so don't really love that. 8 shots that out of 18 were 3s. Uh, I know he makes them, but some of them were just a little overzealous. But the win is the win. That's all that should matter for Celtics fans. They are now, again, above 500. 14 and 13. And they move on. The Atlanta Hawks next. They've been in really poor form. But they're also a hungry team that hasn't won in a while. But honestly, Celtics got to take advantage of those. So we're going to end a little early tonight at around 14 minutes. That's it for me tonight. Now for 10 minutes, we're going to go to the live subscribers. Super Chat's turned on. Thanks for joining me. I know I'm not watching the Suns-Nets game right now. Kyrie Irving, by the way, resting with load management. I don't want to hear anything else. That's not lower back tightness. That's load management. And that's garbage. I saw somebody on Twitter said that they traveled to the game, you know, flew out to the game because there's no basketball in L.A. So, you know, the extra money that that guy spent, he's not, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't playing. Total bullshit, total disservice to the fans, total garbage, total bad product. Nationally televised games without two stars tonight. I hope that the Nets lose as a result. Again, too many players resting. I'm going to make a whole thread at the end of the season on Twitter about how many players have rested throughout the season and they're resulting in losses and not making it fun to watch. It's not good for the NBA. It's an entertainment at the end of the day. Anyway, whatever. Screw this shit. I'm done. On to the live chat.